Insufficient Evidence for Autism-Specific Genes An article by Scott Myers, David Ledbetter and others from Jane Singer Autism and Developmental Medicine Institute, Danville, USA The American Journal of Human Genetics, 2020 Despite evidence that deleterious variants in the same genes implicated across multiple developmental and neuropsychiatric disorders, there has been considerable interest in identifying genes that, when mutated, confer risk that is largely specific for autism spectrum disorder (ASD). Here we review the findings and limitations of recent efforts to identify relatively autism-specific genes, efforts which focus on rare variants of large effect sites that are thought to account for the observed phenotypes. We present a divergent interpretation of published evidence, discuss practical and theoretical issues related to studying the relationship between rare, large-effect, deleterious variants and neurodevelopmental phenotypes and described potential future directions of this research. We argue that there is currently insufficient evidence to establish meaningful autism spectrum disorder specificity of any genes based on large-effect rare variant data. Autism Spectrum Disorder, ASD, is clinically and etiologically heterogeneous and a unifying pathophysiology has not yet been identified for either the disorder as a whole or its core behavioural components. Heritability estimates are high, based on family and twin studies and elucidation of the complex genetic architecture of autism spectrum disorder is revealing contributions from both rare and common variants. Chromosomal microarray and next-generation sequencing studies have identified many de novo and inherited rare variants of large effect sites that contribute substantially to the etiology of ASD. It has also become clear that pathogenic variants in the same genes are identified in individuals with a variety of different clinically defined brain disorders, including ASD, intellectual disability, ID, epilepsy, schizophrenia, and other neurodevelopmental and neuropsychiatric conditions. The known collective contribution of rare, large-effect pathogenic variants is greatest for neurodevelopmental disorders and DDs, such as ID, ASD, and epilepsy, but they are also important etiologic factors in other conditions with onset in childhood, and to a lesser degree to later onset neuropsychiatric conditions such as mood disorders. Despite the evidence that the deleterious variants in the same genes are implicated across multiple disorders, the recent literature reflects considerable interest in identifying genes that when mutated confer risk that is largely specific for ASD. 
Here, we review and comment on recent efforts to identify autism genes, efforts which focus on rare variants of large effect sites that are through to count for the observed phenotype in participants. We discuss practical and theoretical limitations to studying the relationships between rare, large effect deleterious variants and AST and other NDD phenotypes, along with the current lack of sufficient evidence to establish meaningful autism spectrum disorder specificity, as well as the possibility that other sources of genetic variation, such as common variant related polygenic risk, may confer autism spectrum disorder specific risk. Categorical diagnosis based court studies. To date, no genes have been identified that when mutated confer only autism spectrum disorder risk and not risk for intellectual disability or other neurodevelopmental disorders. However, several recent studies have attempted to identify genes that are relatively AST specific by comparing the distribution of likely gene disruptive de novo mutations between cohorts ascertained based on autism spectrum disorder or intellectual disability and or developmental delay. For example, Satterstrom and others asserted that among 102 genes implicated in ASD risk, some genes are relatively ACD predominant and others are associated with more global developmental impairment including autism spectrum disorder and intellectual disability and or severe neurodevelopmental delay. Based on comparison with frequency of disruptive DNA variants among individuals ascertained for autism spectrum disorder to the frequency of such variants among those ascertained for severe ID intellectual disorder. In this study, the authors defined ASD predominant genes as those for which the ratio of the frequency of DNA disruptive variants are identified in cohorts of individuals ascertained for autism spectrum disorder compared to the frequency of DNA disruptive variants in cohorts of individuals ascertained for intellectual disorder was greater than one. Conversely, genes were classified as AST with neurodevelopmental delay genes when the ratio of the frequency of disruptive de novo variants in AST ascertained participants compared to that in intellectual disability ascertained participants was less than one. In this manner, 50 of the 102 genes were classified as AST predominant and 49 as AST with intellectual disability. Three additional genes were assigned to the AST predominant group of the basis of case control data, bringing the total of 53 genes. Koi and others also compared the distribution of likely gene disruptive mutations between AST and intellectual disability ascertained cohorts but did not find evidence of AST specificity for any of the 253 genes they identified as candidate 
neurodevelopmental disease genes based on evidence of excess of de novo mutations through the use of two statistical models. In fact, 72% of genes predicted to be significant by the two statistical models showed evidence of excess de novo variants in both autism spectrum disorder and intellectual disability cohorts. This study included fewer individuals ascertained for autistic spectrum disorder that did the study by Setstrom and colleagues, but a similar number ascertained for intellectual disability. In fact, intellectual disability cohorts evaluated in these two studies overlapped almost completely. Each study used samples from five previously published studies and four of the five were the same studies accounting for 99% of the samples. Although the issue of whether loss of function variants in certain genes confer risk that is relatively autism spectrum disorder specific has been explored mainly in relation to intellectual disability risk, the question supplies the other neurodevelopmental disorders as well. Recently, the burden of rare protein truncating variants in evolutionary constrained genes was shown to be similar among individuals with autism spectrum disorder and those with ADHD. One analysis was limited to individuals with only one diagnosis each and was confined to set a 212 constrained genes with a published rare protein truncating variant in ASD. Even in this ASD-derived gene set, the rates of constrained rare protein truncating variants among those with autistic spectrum disorder and those with ADHD were not significantly different. Limitations of categorical diagnosis-based cohort comparisons Although pragmatic in terms of data availability, a significant problem with the cohort ascertainment-based approach used in the Satterstrom and others and COE and others studies in the potential bias introduced by the unequal opportunity for each participant to receive each diagnosis due to the lack of uniform phenotyping across studies. Because of this bias, the phenotypic overlap between the groups is unclear. The prevalence of autistic spectrum disorder in several of the intellectual disability ascertained cohorts is not quantified, and the prevalence of intellectual disability in the autistic spectrum disorder ascertained cohorts is known only for minority subset of participants. For example, standardized ASD diagnostic measures were frequently utilized in the ASD cohorts but not in the intellectual disability cohorts. The majority of individuals in the group ascertained for intellectual disabilities phenotype came from the Deciphering Developmental Disorders study, for which the recruitment criteria included phenotypes such as multiple congenital anomalies, dysmorphic features, and abnormal growth in addition to neurodevelopmental diagnosis. Differences in age distribution between the cohorts may also impact the opportunity for an individual to receive each diagnosis. 
Another issue with this type of analysis is the scientifically arbitrary threshold used to define ASD predominance. A cutoff of more than one was used by Satterstrom and colleagues, meaning that a simple majority could establish ASD predominance. This is a narrow distinction of dubious clinical significance. For example, if exome sequencing of two equally sized cohorts yielded 13 disruptive de novo variants in a particular gene among ASD ascertained cases and 12 disruptive de novo variants in the gene among intellectual disorder ascertained cases, the relative frequency will be 1.08 and the criteria for ASD predominance will be met. Even if the cohorts were non-overlapping in terms of diagnosis, the rate of ASD among those with a pathogenic variance in this gene will be 52%, and the rate of intellectual disability would be 48%, which is certainly not a clear indication of clinically significant ASD specificity. In fact, it is possible that in the same scenario all 13 individuals ascertained for AST could also have intellectual disability. In this case, the gene would still be classified as autistic spectrum disorder predominant even though all 25 individuals 100% would have intellectual disability and only 52% would have autistic spectrum disorder. This poses a challenge to the validity of the ascertainment-based approach. It is also important to be able to assess the impact of intelligence quotient IQ and any differences between cohorts ascertained for autism and those ascertained for intellectual disability. Individuals who participate in studies in which ascertainment is based on intellectual disability may not have the same opportunity for diagnosis of ASD, not only because of differences in phenotypic methods, but also because of the impact of very low IQ. For example, someone with an IQ of 40 may have the same ASD characteristics as someone with an IQ of 70, yet they may be discrepant for ASD diagnosis because one of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders 5th edition criteria for ASD specifies that to make comorbidity diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder and intellectual disability, social communication should be below the expected for general development level. The same degree of social communication and interaction impairment may be below what is expected for someone with an AQ of 70, but not below the expectation for someone with an IQ of 40, resulting in the former individual meeting ASD criteria and the latter not meeting criteria for the diagnosis. Satterstrom and colleagues demonstrated that disruptive de novo variants, including those in the 102 AST genes, occur more commonly than expected, even among individuals with AST and high IQ. This suggests that de novo variants do not solely impair cognition. 
However, this finding does not eliminate the possibility that a large difference in mean IQ between the AST ascertained cohorts and the intellectual disability ascertained cohorts could be the primary factor responsible for the classification of genes as AST predominant or not. Among the subset of autism spectrum disorder probins with a detected de novo variant and available full-scale IQ, the rate of intellectual disability was 30.6% and there were significant mean IQ differences among the three groups. ASD plus intellectual disability genes less than ASD predominant genes less than idiopathic ASD all three group IQ means were significantly below the general population mean of 100 and it's clear that even the genes classified as ASD predominant have a deleterious impact on cognition when mutated though not as great as that of the ASD plus intellectual disability genes. Similarly, among individuals with autistic spectrum disorder from the Simons Complex Collection SSC, the group with de novo likely gene disruptive LGD variants in any of 173 high confidence ASD associated genes had a significantly lower mean IQ and higher autistic spectrum disorder severity than did those with no such variants. When the subgroup of individuals with ASD and IQ more than 100 was compared to those with ASD and IQ less than 70, the high IQ group had a significantly lower rate of de novo LGD variants overall and in the 173 AST-associated genes that did the group with AST and ID. Among these AST cohorts, the risk of coexisting intellectual disability was substantially increased by the presence of a deleterious variant in an AST-associated gene. Genotype-based cohorts the higher rate of intellectual disability among individuals with pathogenic variants in autism spectrum disorder-associated genes is also evident in data from other sources. For example, the Jane Singer Developmental Brain Disorder Gene Database, DBD Gene Database, integrates data from exome and genome sequencing, copy-number array and targeted gene studies with phenotype data for six clinically defined brain disorders to examine the phenotypes associated with de novo pathogenic loss of function PLOF variants. At the time it was assessed, the database included 5031 cases with loss of function variants and 553 genes based on information from 923 unique articles published between March 2003 and March 2019 that met curation criteria. Among 59 genes for each of which there are at least 10 total probands with de novo pathogenic loss of function variants in the database known are associated exclusively with autistic spectrum disorder. 
for three genes CHT8, SHANK3, and SCN2A. There are more individuals with autistic spectrum disorder only than with intellectual disability only. But many have both ASD and intellectual disability, and for each of these genes, there are more individuals with intellectual disability than without intellectual disability. Moreover, this database is also limited by the variability in phenotypic information available from published studies and therefore subject to potential ascertainment bias. Detailed phenotyping studies of individuals with pathogenic variants in specific genes are another source of data for evaluating autistic spectrum disorder specificity. For example, CHT8 is frequently discussed as a model ASD gene because mutations in this gene are associated with a high rate of autistic spectrum disorder. However, among 89 individuals with pathogenic variants in CHT8 for whom diagnostic information is available, the frequency of intellectual disability is similar to that suggested by the DBD genes database query. Specific IQ scores are available for a subset of these individuals. The mean nonverbal IQ is 67.8 and the mean verbal IQ is 65.5. Similarly, Dodsko and colleagues reported that among 25 individuals with protein truncating CHD8 variants, 17 had intellectual disability. 21 of the 25 had a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder. However, ascertainment bias is also a concern with clinical cohorts such as these because individuals with mild phenotypes are less likely to be identified. For example, Guo and others assessed three families in which likely gene-disrupting CHD8 mutations were transmitted from parents with full-scale IQ scores between 80 and 87, establishing the possibility of relative sparing of condition. Still, it is difficult to determine how meaningful it is to describe any gene as being ASD-specific or even ASD-predominant when pathogenic variants in the gene are also associated with cognitive impairment, including intellectual disability, in such a high proportion of individuals. Theoretical underpinnings and unanswered questions. A key question is, what will be necessary to demonstrate meaningful autism spectrum disorder specificity in large effect of rare variants. A loss of function of a particular gene conferred risk that was purely specific to autism spectrum disorder, the mean IQ associated with the novel pathogenic variants in that gene would not be significantly different from the population mean, or at least from the familiar background mean and the expected rate of intellectual disability would be no different from the intellectual disability rate in the general population. This is clearly not the case for the genes and variants identified to date 
and is very unlikely given the high rate of comorbidity. Rare, large effect variants that increase risk of neurodevelopmental and neuropsychiatric disorders are also associated with deleterious effects on cognition. And autism spectrum disorder is not exception. Perhaps relative ASD specificity could be interfered if it were demonstrated that the ASD rate among individuals with pathogenic variants involving a given gene were significantly greater than the ASD rate among individuals matched for IQ and other appropriate demographics. However, any valid assessment would still require enough uniformity in phenotyping to allow equal opportunity for each participant to achieve each diagnosis. And even a statistically significant difference may not be a meaningful definition of ASD specificity if there is also a deleterious impact on the variant on IQ. Another important pragmatic question is whether genotype-phenotype relationships should be evaluated and curated for individual neurodevelopmental and neuropsychiatric diagnosis, or whether these clinically defined disorders should be thought of not as causally and pathophysiologically distinct, but rather as manifestations of underlying developmental brain dysfunction and lumped accordingly for the purpose of assessing pathogenicity of variants and exploring variation in phenotypic expression. The latter approach, unlike the categorical phenomenological nosology of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders DSM, and International Classification of Disease ICD, is consistent with existing data regarding within disorder etiologic heterogeneity, overlapping symptoms and high rates of comorbidity among disorders, high frequency of intermediate or subthreshold cases, and shared risk factors and etiologies across disorders. Efforts to elucidate the contributions of genomic, environmental and stochastic developmental variation to phenotypic variability in neurodevelopmental and neuropsychiatric disorders have been hampered by reliance on categorical diagnoses, which are effective heuristics that may enhance interrater reliability but do not align well with genomic, neuroimaging, and other neurobiological findings. Beyond the issue of design and methodology in genetic studies, the diagnosis of ASD, Autistic Spectrum Disorder, in the presence of intellectual disability is fundamentally complicated. Many of the core social communication deficits that characterize ASD, Autistic Spectrum Disorder, and are necessary for diagnosis represent a failure to acquire developmentally expected skills and therefore are expected to be present to some extent in individuals with intellectual disability. DSM-5 classification of intellectual disability severity is based on adaptive functioning across conceptual, social and practical domains 
and the social ability expectations overlap with the social deficits that define autistic spectrum disorder. For example, the DSM-5 description of social domain impairments in moderate intellectual disability includes the examples individuals may not perceive or interpret social cues accurately and social judgment and decision-making abilities are limited. This makes the determination of whether the social communication and interaction deficits are beyond what can be attributed to the level of general intellectual functioning very difficult. In addition, many instruments developed for the assessment of social communication and interaction were developed primarily in populations without intellectual disability and this complicates assessment of individuals with intellectual disabilities. Even the most comprehensive and well-researched tools used in diagnosis of AST, such as Autism Diagnostic Interview Revised ADIR, and the Autism Diagnostic Observation Schedule ADOS2, are far less specific when used for individuals with very low mental ages and overdiagnosis of autism in individuals where low IQ is common with a diagnostic interview for social communication disorders, DISCO. The complexities of clinical diagnosis, limitations of available diagnostic tool and somewhat arbitrary nature of categorical cutoff points suggests caution with reliance upon dichotomous categorical AST classification in studies of populations which include individuals with intellective disabilities. Implications for clinical genetic testing Despite the lack of strong evidence of autism spectrum disorder specificity of large effect rare variants, many clinical laboratories market next-generation sequencing test panels for AST, and it has been asserted that there is a need to develop a validated list of genes appropriate for inclusion in AST-specific clinical laboratory test panels. This approach may provide market value, but does not provide scientific value. In some respects, the situation with neurodevelopmental and neuropsychiatric disorders is analogous to that of structural congenital heart defects, CHD. Each major anatomical type of CHD can be caused by multiple different genetic variants, and each genetic variant identified as a cause of CHD is associated with multiple different specific defects. For example, Tetralogy of Fallow, TOF, is associated with several dozen casual genetic abnormalities, including single gene variants, copy number variants, CNV, and chromosomal aneuploidies. And each of these pathogenic variants is also associated with multiple other CHD phenotypes. A one-to-one -one correspondence between genotype and specific CHD phenotype does not exist. It is not advantageous, for example, to consider each of the many hard defects associated with the recurrent 22q11.2 deletion 
separately to determine a causal relationship. Similarly, there would be no justification for marketing separate gene sequencing panels for most individual cardiac phenotypes. Although gene panel testing may offer some advantages, such as sensitivity for detection of mosaicism and single exon level deletions and or duplications, this set of genes included requires continual revision as new associations are discovered and reanalysis is limited to the genes originally included in the panel. Recently, exome sequencing has been recommended as a first-year clinical test for individuals with unexplained NDDs, neurodevelopmental disorders, by a multidisciplinary expert group following completion of scoping review and meta-analysis of diagnostic yield. A comprehensive genomic analysis provides greater flexibility for reanalyzing the data as our knowledge and understanding of neurodevelopmental diseases expense. Moving forward, ascertainment bias and lack of uniform phenotypic severely limits the inclusions that can be drawn about the specificity large effect rare genetic variants for the ASD autistic spectrum disorder phenotype from the currently available cohorts of convenience. It is premature to declare the large effect rare variants in any genes confer risk that is ASD specific or meaningfully ASD predominant and it is possible that no such variants will ever be found. Among individuals whose developmental brain dysfunction is attributable to a rare variance of large effect size factors such as background polygenic risk and stochastic developmental variation may be more important determinants of the specific neurodevelopmental phenotypes expressed than the genes involved in the primary genetic etiology. Effect sizes of deleterious variants on the traits relevant to ASD, intellectual disability and other neurodevelopmental and neuropsychiatric phenotypes can be quantified. The neurodevelopmental phenotype, whether pathological or not, depends on the profile of quantitative deleterious effects associated with the rare variants, other sources of genetic variation such as polygenic and oligogenic background risk and environmental and stochastic variation. The possibility, therefore, given effect size of deleterious impact on IQ, rare variants in some genes may have a substantially greater less effect size on core ASD features is worth exploring because it may facilitate elucidation of the genomics and neurobiology of social communication and interaction. However, so far indicates that rare large effect mutations that cause ASD also cause cognitive impairment, including intellectual disability, in a high proportion of individuals. Answering the question of whether there are genes that when mutated confer risk that is meaningful ASD specific will require large-scale studies that cross diagnostic boundaries 
and include adequate phenotyping of all affected individuals, providing equal opportunity for diagnosis of each condition. Phenotyping should include quantitative measurement of continuously distributed traits, not just dichotomous categorical diagnosis. Study designs that include analysis of the impact and quantified parental phenotypes of the individual's own polygenic scores for various traits will facilitate accurate interpretation of rare genomic variants. Such studies should be conducted in a variety of samples including disease cohorts and unselected birth and population-based cohorts. Accumulation of large cohorts of individuals with the same rare large effect pathogenic variants will facilitate evaluation of within-group genotype-phenotype correlations and low comparisons across genetic diagnosis. It is also possible that grouping of patients with variants that are expected to impact the same molecular pathways may identify some degree of ASD specificity at the pathway level rather than the individual gene level, although no molecular pathways are currently known to be uniquely associated with AST when disrupted. Mutation severity also remains an important factor to consider. Variants that might cause AST alone could be so mild that we might not even recognize them as consequential. In some people, they might manifest as AST, possibly due to an additional hypomorphic allele in another gene, or simply because they impact gene function and thus neural circuits, albeit medley. The same variants might lead to a neurotypical phenotype in some people due to the genetic background. Such alleles might explain some of the isolated AST cases, but information about functionality is limited. There is evidence that AST risk of small effect size can be conferred by rare inherited CNV and protein truncating mutations that disrupt genes intolerant to functional variation. It is important to know that a particular class of variants may confer different effects even within the same gene. For example, missense variants may have severe consequences within certain protein domains or even just at certain amino acid positions of a gene and mild consequences elsewhere. In the case of SHANK3, functional and phenotypical modularity has been demonstrated. An ASD-associated missense mutation has been shown to interfere with one aspect of protein function and cause a subset of the phenotypes found with loss of function mutations. Elucidation of the role of rare variants of small effect size in ASD will require top-down, large, carefully designed studies of people with ASD and bottom-up functional studies using animal models. In contrast to the situation with large effect rare variants, genetic model fitting in twins and the consistent positive correlation of ASD with polygenic scores for IQ and educational attainment suggest that common variant-associated risk may load on cognitive and behavioral dimensions that are distinct 
from those affected by rare variants and may be more specific to ASD. By definition, the Nova variants do not account for the considerable heritability of autism and in considering inherited genetic factors the mediate familial transmission of autism, Xi and others recently showed in a population-based cohort that the aggregation of intellectual disability among first-degree relatives of non-intellectually disabled individuals with ASD was relatively low compared to that of first-degree relatives of individuals with ASD and intellectual disabilities. Moreover, Grove and others showed that the positive correlation between polygenic scores for IQ and ASD autistic spectrum disorder is principally driven by the subgroup diagnosed with autism without intellectual disability. A recent observation that autism spectrum disorder is genetically correlated with empathy and systematizing suggests that social and non-social core ASD symptoms are partially genetically dissociable and it's possible that such distinct genetic backgrounds might influence the diagnostic, classification and clinical trajectory of individuals. Common variant-related polygenic risk and rare inherited variants in the genetic background also impact the phenotypic expression of rare, large-effect pathogenic variants in neurodevelopmental disease and their potential role in conferring autism spectrum disorder-specific risk remains to be explored. Thank you for listening.